You're listening to WGWG.org, Gardner Webb University Radio, and very pleased today to welcome to our studios Woody Guthrie. Woody, welcome, and tell us a little about yourself. Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, tell about myself? <clears throat> well, let's see. Uh, well, I never drink anything stronger than water for a chaser. I never spend my money foolish unless I'm by myself or with somebody. I like poor people, because they'll come out winner in the long run. And I like rich people, because they need friendship. I play the guitar, and I'm what is known as a magical singer, inasmuch as I fool the audience completely. I keep them guessing all during the show, while the devil they bought a ticket. <laughs> I suffered for my art, now it's their turn. Now, if anybody wants to hire me out there, I am available. And if you're afraid I won't go over in your lodge or party, you're possibly right. And in such case, just mail me $15 and I won't come. Now, when I perform, I cut it down $10. Now, I know a lot of you folks out there don't know me from Adam. Who's this guy supposed to be? What does he know about our troubles? Didn't I hear he just come down from New York City? Well, it takes a whole lot of nickels to live up there. Well, he must be a rich feller. Shoot. We're so broke. We got stuff on layaway at the dime store. But yeah, I did just come down from New York City, Coney Island, buy three transfer trucks and a boxcar. But I'm not from there. Shoot. I was born and raised in Okima, Oklahoma, in the lands of the five civilized Indian tribes. Chickasaw, Choctaw, Cherokee, Creek, Seminole. I've been roaming around the country a few years, kind of a hobo, music busker. Born the year that Woodrow Wilson was nominated to be the president. And my mama and papa was so worked up in good and bad politics, they went and named me Woodrow Wilson too. I tried to talk them out of it. Woodrow Wilson Guthrie which is too much of a name for a country boy, so I sawed off all the fancy work and just left Woody. I could remember that. Many a month has come and gone since I've wandered from my home in these Oklahoma hills where I was born. Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson I've learned, but I feel like in these hills I still belong. Way down yonder in the Indian nation Riding my pony on the reservation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born Way down yonder in the Indian nation The cowboy's life was my occupation In the Oklahoma hills where I was born Oklahoma hills where I was born 
life was my occupation in the Oklahoma hills where I was born. You know, the Indians had been given the state of Oklahoma by United States treaties of all kinds because they didn't figure that the land was good enough for anything else. Well, that sure changed the very minute they found out there was millions and millions of dollars worth of oil pools under every acre of land almost. The Indians had to get rooked and crooked out of it and fast under the greedy slushy buckets of the rich oil companies. And then there was a boiling black hot fever hit our town. Brought with it several whole armies of hard-hitting men. Folks called them boom chasers. Roused about and cement men, carpenters, horse traders, pipe welders, mule skinners. We became one of the singingest, dancingest, drinkingest, yellingest, preachingest, bettingest, walkingest, talkingest, laughingest, cryingest, shootingest, fightingest, bleedingest, dyingest of all the ranch towns. You just sign a card and hit it hard. Help wanted. Come and get your job. Well, I've been working at Pittsburgh Steel, I thought you know. I've been dumping that red hot slag way down the road. I've been blasting, I've been firing, I've been pouring that red hot iron, and I've been having some hard traveling loads. Well, I've been doing some hard coal mining, I thought you know. I've been leaning on a pressure drill way down in a hole. Hammer flying, air hole sucking, six foot of mud, sure been a muffin, and I've been having some hard traveling loads. Some hard harvesting, I thought you knowed. From North Dakota to Kansas City, way down the road. I've been cutting that wheat, stacking that hay, trying to make about a dollar a day. And I've been having some hard traveling load. Awesome. By way of explanation, no, Woody Guthrie is not here in our studios this uh, <laughs> afternoon, but we do have Randy Nugent. Did I pronounce your last name right? Yes, correct. Thanks. Yes. Randy Nugent there with um, a little excerpt from a stage show that he's putting on here at Gardner-Webb University. Let's go ahead and tell you that uh, the uh, solo act will feature the works of, yeah, Woody Guthrie. It takes place right here on campus at the Millennium Playhouse on Saturday and Sunday, November 14th. And 15th, there'll be an evening show on uh, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. And then a matinee on Sunday, 2.30 p.m. And you can find out all about it, get ticket information, all that kind of stuff. At 704-406-2066, you can also uh, go to gardnerweb.edu slash theater arts and find out all of the particulars. Um, that was fun. That was really Thank good. Thank you. And I do now have a much better idea of what uh, might would expect in the show <laughs> that you're going to be doing this weekend. Uh, tell us a little bit about the um, how you put this together, what inspired the idea. And I also understand that you use some uh, multimedia in this as well. How's that going to work? Yes. Uh, so a lot of questions there. <laughs> it, uh, the show started in 2011. I had done a Hank Williams show, Lost Highway, for in a number of productions, and I discovered as an actor and performer 
that it was a lot more fun to be in a play that had roots music in it. I'm a big fan. So I was looking for something like Hank Williams to do as a solo piece because I was trying to put together something that I could tour. And uh, Hank, you know, Hank died at 29. I'm older than that. And Hank is not political. I sort of discovered uh, during Occupy Wall Street in New York, where I live, um, at that same time that they were occupying Zuccotti Park down on Wall Street for income inequality, I happened to... uh, uh, stumble upon Woody Guthrie. A friend of mine had made a tribute, a tribute concert about Woody Guthrie, and she showed me some uh, video and lent me her biography of Woody, the Joe Klein book, uh, Woody Guthrie, A Life. And I started seeing all these parallels of w- w- what Woody wrote about in our times now, w- during the recession and uh, the, the continuing inco- income inequality uh, problem in America. So... I started uh, piecing together a show. I, I, uh, uh, I laid out some songs that I thought had to be in the show and started reading everything that Woody ever wrote, and he was extremely prolific. He wrote uh, Bound for Glory, his autobiographical novel, and he wrote a column called Woody Says that Studs Terkel uh, writes an introduction for in a compilation book. So I, um, I, I entered a fragment in the New York fringe uh i had you know maybe a first draft half of a first draft really and sent it in as a possibility to be performed for the fringe which is a juried fringe you have to get permission to be in that fringe but they they picked it so i had suddenly about four months to hurry up and get a show ready that was absolutely ready to be performed and got good reviews in in that uh situation but i still wasn't finished so after that closed, even with good reviews, I kept working on the script and finding other songs, and I kept uh, researching Woody. And uh, I discovered he was an artist. I, as I realized that I want to take this on the road, I wanted the audience to have more to look at than me standing there talking, because I decided that the show, the way I would frame Woody would be his activist side. Woody and Pete Seeger traveled the country in 1942 uh, and um, or 1940 probably early 1941 uh, to all the unions uh, there were there were a million people on strike at, at that time so they toured union meetings so I decided to put Woody in a union meeting for striking mine workers in Oklahoma I decided to put him back home after he had left Oklahoma and uh, to bring back what he had learned on the road to his people in Oklahoma. So um, so that's the frame of the show. And, but, but I wanted the audience to know what a great artist Woody was. Woody, I, I came upon a book in the library called Artworks. And uh, Woody does do some drawings in Bound for Glory in his book, but... This other book showed me what he really does uh, with paints and charcoals and pens. and uh, So I, I rewrote the show to make the drawings essential because Woody thought he was going to be a sign painter. So I, really it's Woody's search for work. It's the story of Woody's search for his life's work, not just a job, but really what he, all, all he really wants is a job at first. Mm-hmm. But he discovers his talent of writing songs, and he discovers that that actually, uh, that people respond to that more than his painting. So 
uh, I show a lot of his paintings uh, and drawings in the show, but I also some great vintage photos and video from Hobo Jungles and Depression-era Dust Bowl. Uh, it's really it's some astonishing photographs of dust storms and train-hopping hobos. And uh, so we get a peek into, like, Woody's mind. What we see up there uh, is Woody's memories of what he's seen on the road. It's a 75-minute show with really his greatest songs, in my opinion. Uh, you can't get all his great songs into no. it, but... Uh, uh, that's that's the frame, and 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 I've been on the road. You know, it, this is the fourth year, uh, wow. here and there. You know, yeah. it, sometimes I, it, there's a, a long stretch of being on the road, and then sometimes not. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I I, uh, I love to do the show, and and and, and uh, uh, a lot of people don't know Woody, so I'm I feel like I'm uh, exposing him to a new generation of people. Yeah, I we were talking before uh, we went live here, and. We were talking about um, if you walk through my office, you see the Bob Dylan posters mm-hmm. that are framed up on the wall. And I think that's a, an entry point for a lot of people if they're interested in Bob Dylan's early work in particular. They find out the connections there with uh, Woody Guthrie or they grew up in elementary school singing This Land is Your Land. Right. Or, or a, uh, shall we say, a uh, shortened version uh, of that song. Right. Um, and that's about all anybody kind of knows uh, uh, about Woody, uh, particularly young people. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, even Bob Dylan now is getting to be... Oh, yes. They, young the young people, people may not even is. know Bob Dylan yes. anymore. Yes. Yes. But Bob, as you know, we wouldn't have Bob Dylan without Woody Guthrie. Exactly. Uh, Bob heard some of Woody's songs in Minneapolis, where he was from, and came to New York looking for Woody and found him in the hospital. Woody spent the last 15 or so years of his life in the hospital with Huntington's Korea, which my show doesn't deal with at all. But Bob, in his... Uh, the first volume of his autobiography, Chronicles, talks about um, imitating Woody for the whole first year down on Greenwich Village, yeah. uh, dressing like Woody, talking like Woody, playing Woody's songs. Mm-hmm. So I, I admit that part of my fantasy was to, you know, if Bob Dylan can walk in Woody's shoes for a year and become Bob Dylan, I thought, what can Randy <laughs> become if I walk in Woody Guthrie's shoes for a year? Now, you uh, mentioned in that... Um, that uh, one of the things that Woody dealt with as a folk musician, very much an activist, very much in that protest vein of folk music, um, you know, he was dealing with the depression, the aftermath, the outcome of World War II, the famous sign on his guitar, this machine kills fascist, all that. Um, what is it that you find in, in the message of Woody Guthrie that can resonate with people today, that they need to hear? Um, he has a song called Deportees, mm-hmm. which hits a bullseye mm-hmm. uh, with our immigration problem right now and work, working people being deported. You know, it's a great song, uh, giving names to these deportees. He, 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 heard, he read an article in a newspaper that just called these, uh, there was a plane crash in Los Gatos Canyon, and they named the flight crew and they named the immigration guard, but everybody else was just deportees, mm-hmm. and he, that that struck a, a chord for Woody, and he names those deportees in that song. So he talks about that issue. Uh, Do Re Mi is about people trying to uh, immigrate. Do Re Mi is about being blocked at the border because you don't have any money. 
And every day I see these Syrian refugees and I see the people that the mass people who are looking for a way of getting out of the war or getting out of a terrible place like the dust storm mm-hmm. uh, and trying to find a new life. And this this idea of people being blocked and uh, too poor to come here. And um, so that issue is 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 on our minds. And one of the verses that people leave out of this land is your land is uh um this is out of tune in in the squares of the city in the shadow of the steeple by the relief office i saw my people and as they stood there hungry i stood there wondering is this land made for you and me it's about people on welfare and uh how we take care of our of our uh, most needy people is is how you judge a civilization, really. And uh, Woody looks at that, and and big oil is actually all through it. Since he grew up during an oil boom, there mm-hmm. he saw the greed of the oil uh, companies that took land from the Indians or or paid them unfair prices for the land that they had in Oklahoma that they were given in Oklahoma. So, um, uh, Woody. Unfortunately, his songs, the problems that he writes about are still with us. And yeah, it's about it's about social justice, the longing for social justice. And I guess that's just as old as civilization yeah. it is. And um, Woody joins that long line of prophets who want to remind us yeah. of these things. And our minimum wage, too. The, the big issue of, you know, can we pay a living wage to mm. people? And people on strike are still on strike. And the... Um, uh, uh, the fight against unions, uh, particularly Scott Walker in Wisconsin, we saw how he defeated, really, he took collective bargaining away from uh, the public sector unions. So um, so the fight is still on. You know? We are uh, talking to uh, Randy Nugent. He's going to be performing in the Millennium Playhouse on the Gardner-Webb University campus. This weekend, he's got a Saturday night show, a Sunday matinee show. You can go to GardnerWeb.edu for more information. You can also call the box office at 704-406-2066 if you're interested in going to the show. Randy, thank you for coming by. I think you're going to leave us with with another little bit of uh, Woody Guthrie's music here. You know, the L.A. Times carried quite a story about the dust storm and the drought and the dust bowlers are coming to California. Only, says the Times, to dig into some of that easy relief gold. The migracious workers was compared to Hollywood gold diggers. Only the gold the workers dug was supposed to come from the taxpayers and property owners' stash. The story was spun around the conditions of the refugees living in the various government trailer camp cities that were strung around over the country. But not to make you feel in your heart a genuine sorrow for your brothers and sisters of our American race that's got to live in such places, but to try and make you believe that these weather-beaten, brow-beaten, homeless people are really all just robbers at heart and living it up, designing to dig some easy gold off the taxpayers. So when we got to the California line, rail yard bulls and vigilantes was blocking the border with sticks and guns, and the state police had set up illegal roadblocks along the highway... They called it the bum blockade. Lots of folks back east, they says, leaving home about every day. 
Hitting that hot old dusty way to the California line Across the desert sands they roll Getting out of that old dust bowl And they think they're going to a sugar bowl But this is what they find The police at the port of entry say You're number 14,000 for today And if you ain't got no Got the door me. You better go back to beautiful Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee. California is a garden of Eden, paradise to live in or see. But believe it or not, you won't find it too high. Randy, thank you so much for stopping by and giving us this preview of the show. Again, if folks want to come out and check it out, they can uh, get all the details at gardenweb.edu. Thanks, Randy. Thank you.